at a time. Hey guys, so as you may know, Sierra and I use uh, Anchor to record our podcast. It's really the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. They also provide you with creation tools, which allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your cell phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. The best part is that you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Just make sure you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, everyone. I am your co-host, Sierra, and welcome to Making Sense of Success, a podcast dedicated to all forms of success and empowerment. Stay tuned every Saturday for new episodes. Find us on Instagram at makingsenseofsuccess.pod and email us at makingsenseofsuccess at gmail.com if you would be interested in sharing your story. So, Valerie, did you maybe want to introduce yourself to our listeners, give a little bio, maybe share some of your interests? Um, sure. My name is Valerie Smith, and I'm the founder of Clay, a sustainable self-care brand based in Brooklyn, New York. Um, my interests, I guess, have kind of fallen by the wayside in building a brand and business, but um, they sometimes include hiking, knitting. Um, I'm pretty obsessed with my dog, and guess that's about it other than honestly all my spare time is just spent working (laughs) which I don't mean to be a downer but that's just the truth work life you know life work I mean (laughs) it's funny you say that because yeah I'm not sure if it's just me but I find myself like as this I guess pandemic came along and also like technically quarantining uh, kind of happened. I found myself to be even more busy or made myself more busy, I guess, than like when things were quote unquote, quote normal. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like because being busy is a form of control almost. Um, So like in a situation in which we, none of us really have any control, like how can you control a pandemic short of, you know, producing a vaccine? Um. You know, being busy or working out or, like, developing new hobbies, those are, like, things you can control and ways that you can kind of control your day and your time. So I definitely feel that. I don't know if you could tell, but my mom is a therapist, so sometimes <laughs> I might speak like a therapist. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, how, does, how does she know that being busy is some, like, way of control? I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I was like, does she see into the soul of the universe? No. What no. is it? It's just my therapist mom speak. I love it. Did you want to um, tell us your why um, that you're doing all the things that you're doing Um, with your business or with yourself? Yeah, so um, I started my career off in the fashion industry. Um, You know, I graduated, I guess, what was it, 2014? So not that long, yeah, 2014, so not that long ago. But, um, you know, it was always, like, a huge dream of mine to be in the fashion industry, to be a buyer. And once I got into it, I just very quickly became burnt out, um, which is really easy to do in that world. You know, I was like really kind of dismayed by 
just like the lack of awareness in terms of sustainability and reducing waste um, for a seemingly um, cool and liberal industry. It's actually probably one of the worst in terms of kind of um, holding itself accountable and also just to, to making any type of change. Um, so I was kind of just getting to my, the end of my rope and my now husband was just like, why don't you just start doing something on the side? You know, it'll give you like, you know, a little bit more motivation. It'll kind of, um, sustain you in a creative way. So I started clay on the side while working full time. Um, and that's why I say like, I don't know about my interests or hobbies anymore because for a really long time, clay was my hobby in a sense. Um, even though the goal was to take it from hobby to full-time job, which I managed to do, but the way I see it is clay is a self-care brand that was started from a self-care purpose. Um, you know, I was just an absolute wreck every single day and kind of channeling all of my energy and my focus into building a brand that really has, you know, a value set that I really think is important that kind of sustained me. And no matter what amount of stress I have now as a small business owner, which is pretty stressful, obviously, it it's like the best type of stress I could ever imagine, honestly. So you said you made sure to include the aspect of sustainability in that. Is there yeah. maybe a specific moment in while well, being in the fashion industry that kind of brought that to your attention and made you really think this is something I definitely need to advocate more for? Yeah, so my the job that I, uh, rather the company I was at um, while I started Clay full-time, um, that was kind of the one that really brought to my attention just how wasteful and unsustainable the industry can be. I mean, you're always aware when you're kind of like seeing how the sausage is made, so to speak, but I was fully on a more production side of things and I just wasn't aware just of how much how much waste goes into producing meaningless things not to be so dark and like <laughs> New York negative but um I was working for a tie company like a men's neckwear tie company mm-hmm. it was the darkest days of my career life I was just like what am I doing And the amount of waste to produce, like, samples for ties that would never even make onto the shelves or ties that would just make it into, like, some clear and spin at Nordstrom Rack. Like, what's the point of this? You know what I mean? Like, you're producing literal dumpster bins worth of, like, paper and, you know, like, paper swatches and sample ties and they're all wrapped in plastic and no one cares to like maybe collect them and donate them just like goes right into the trash into some landfill I was like I can't be a part of this and as much as I've thought about how it would obviously be more beneficial to kind of maybe have started like my own sustainable you know fashion line or something like that I just didn't have the resources and I to this day definitely don't um so I kind of wanted to tackle it in a way that was accessible to me um just you know and having like very low very low capital to put into this I think I only invested like maybe a couple hundred dollars each month to start just like you know get 
you know, like 50 jars and then like a pound of ingredients, just like the smaller you can start, you know, you can really start any level um, with some of these things. And that for me was really key, just not having, you know, huge financial resources to fall back on. Absolutely. And I think the way you manage to incorporate sustainability is so important, especially in this day and age, as we're talking about a climate crisis. And we're also talking about now everything that's been going on with the injustices and this quarantine. I think sustainability is definitely um, something we need to look at for the future um, following this pandemic. For sure. And there's definitely ways in which like, I sometimes worry that my sustainability message isn't like as strong as it could be um because unfortunately sometimes in order to make like the most sustainable choices you need to have like a lot of funding and a lot of capital i would rather not use you know smooth um plastic lids but it's really all that's available to me right now because i can't get a bunch of like aluminum lids custom made you know i can't order like a hundred thousand lids for each skew um so i think it's just for me right now it's just kind of realizing ways in which I can constantly like tweak what I'm doing and improve what I'm doing um just constantly be open to feedback you know absolutely yeah it's also very admirable um to hear that you really do care about being sustainable um and not just pushing out tons of thousands of products um, for the benefit of like your pocket per se mm. and that you really care about the longevity of what kind of impact you're making it's really cool to see that there are truly some people out there that actually care about their footprints in this world yeah the footprint is so key and this is something I always take into consideration when I'm doing larger orders that I'm personally not making because all of my like regular inventory, I make that in my um, office slash studio in Brooklyn. But for like my really large orders, I'm like, okay, who can I partner with who might be, you know, closer to um, the end, like the end warehouse. So it kind of, you know, reduces this like back and forth across the country. Cause that's the really tricky thing. Like the majority of, places that are going to ship you glass they're either in california or new york so it just really stinks sometimes to think like okay i can only get this one bottle and it's in california but then it needs to be made in new york and then be shipped back to california like that's crazy you know okay those people need to chill out yeah like honestly <laughs> the post office isn't fast enough for that kind of stuff tbh like yeah. why are they wasting time on useless ideas honestly <laughs> And I'm so glad you brought up the fact that um, you really, like, try to use glass in that way to package your items. Like, that's something for me I've noticed, especially with um, skincare, I find, like, I definitely look into it more just because I'm I'm kind of skeptical with plastics just because of what goes into it, whereas glass, I feel like it's a more reliable source, especially, like, in terms of health. Totally. I mean, I know, like, a lot of people are pretty against, like, using any type of plastic Tupperware. They're like really into only using glass containers. I mean, I haven't taken it to like that level of like health sustainability in my life just yet. Mm. Um, I think once maybe I have a dishwasher, I can 
take it there. But the idea of washing glass containers by <laughs> hand in my sink like really freaks me out. But um, yeah, glass is really interesting. I mean, I don't know. I know um, here in the U.S., you know, are just our recyclables program is just so broken and at least with glass like if it's not recycled it's you know at the very least it's still like a not natural natural because obviously sand is made into glass but at least it's something that could theoretically go back to the earth at some point whereas plastic is just plastic you know what i mean right yep we're getting stained after you eat spaghetti one time useless <laughs> <laughs> that's so true you just have like an orange container oh my yeah, god or curry it. or something and you're yeah. like why yeah. for what <laughs> um is there any other ways maybe that um you would mind telling us about how um you ensure to include sustainability within your brand yeah um i tried to look at it from all aspects so it's not only packaging um which obviously we touched on with recyclable lids and um, glass jars. The glass jars are screen printed, um, which really helps in terms of the recyclability of the jar. Um, I don't do any product boxes and I'm, I always go back and forth on this, but because it is hard to get like all the product information onto one jar sometimes, but you know, like today I got myself some new face lotion and I just, tear open the product box and it looks really nice but it goes right in the trash you know Mm -hmm. so really anything that i can minimize going into the trash i really try to do um you know all of our like order packaging there's no bubble wrap there's no bubble anything i mean plastic anything it's all either paper or like for big wholesale orders i use um compostable peanuts that like completely dissolve in water which is really cool (laughs) And then for the product itself, um, and this is something that I kind of stumbled upon in creating products by myself as a non-chemist, I knew initially that I didn't want to make anything with water because I knew I didn't have the capabilities of creating a natural shelf-stable product that wouldn't mold. You know, I didn't want to like mess around preservatives because I didn't have the money to like get those products lab tested in a responsible way. Um, I would feel terrible if I put a product out into the world and like two months later, it's completely moldy. So I decided to do only water-free products. And in doing so, I kind of stumbled into this whole like water-free movement, um, which is really cool. I mean, like water is our most valuable resource and if you think about majority of the formulations on your vanity, they're like 98% water. So it might not seem a lot in like one, one ounce jar, but then you multiply that by, you know, a couple hundred thousand that are produced and maybe not used. That's like a lot of waste. Um, And also, you know, doing water free, it creates like this extremely shelf stable product. So you don't feel bad if you don't use it for a couple months, it's not going bad. It's not going anywhere. So that's really the full picture for sustainability for now. I'm always trying to improve it, though. So considering all of the aspects of your brand and who you are as a person, um, currently, what does success mean to you with um, all of those aspects coming together? It's really hard to answer. Um, I think, like, off the top of anyone's head, success would be defined in a, you know, fiscal monetary sense. 
Um, for me, I guess success at this point would be maybe not having to, um, not having to grind so hard. I mean, I think in operating a small business, you're always going to have some aspect of hustling, but um, just kind of getting your brand to a point where people know about it and they're reaching out to you about it as opposed to you like, you know, cold emailing like 200 stores a day, just trying to get a wholesale order. That to me is what success would look like at this moment. But that answer could very well like completely change this time next year if we're even here next year honestly with the way this year's going on I wouldn't be surprised, like we're all just wiped off the earth by the end of 2020 honestly everybody here turned 16 um almost everybody here is 21 so you know what if that happened the best ages have already came you know, that is so true. I was telling my marketing assistant, I was like, past the age of 21, you honestly forget how old you are. So it's totally fine. It's, yeah. I'm I have 21 right now. So I guess I'm turning 22 in like less than a month. So wow. Yeah. Okay. You'll, <laughs> That's you'll noted. start forgetting in a couple of years. You'll be like, oh, how old am I? I'm 28 and I constantly forget if I'm like 26, 27. I don't, I don't know. Well, it's funny. My mom even says she'll be like, yeah, like, I don't feel the age I am. I feel so young. Yeah. So well, that's definitely the mentality to have for sure. <laughs> I have so much to look forward to every time we record. I'm like, wow, I'm going to get older. <laughs> Depression and no school and oh. turning 21 one day. So much to live for. I will tell you that. <laughs> it's not so bad getting older. I don't really mind it. You get definitely like more secure in yourself, which is really cool. And you really care less about other people. I cared so much when I was younger. And my mom would always say to me, like, honestly, everyone's just thinking about what they're going to eat for their next meal. Like, no one's really thinking about you. And she's so right. Like, just when you're young, you just care so much and you're so worried. And then as you get older, you're like, ugh, whatever, you know? I'm just, like, tired and hungry, and that's all I care about. <laughs> Absolutely. I, like, I totally agree with that. I think I've noticed that over the years yeah. um, with, like, personal growth and everything. But also just, like, I guess maybe taking on more responsibility with things. You're more tired because yeah. you have more to do. So you're just like, oh, I just want need to go to sleep or I just need to eat right now. <laughs> yeah, and you're, like, creating self-worth with everything that you do in your life. Um which I think is kind of hard to do as a teen when you're like going through school and your self-worth is kind of like determined by others, you know, through like your grades and your performance. But then as you get older, your self-worth is much more defined by like you yourself. Right. And like also the experiences you put yourself in. And yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So then I guess we can move on to our second question that we uh, like to ask, ask our guests, which is what's the best piece of advice you've ever received or given someone? Um, don't know if I've ever given really good advice. If I have, I've totally forgotten it. But um, <laughs> in terms of like business advice, um, the day that I quit my job, it was actually my birthday. It felt like really liberating. I was like, so miserable. And I basically figured out a few months prior, like how much money I needed to have in the bank in order to quit my job. Like that was my goal. And I got it to that point and I gave my two week notice and my boss who, despite all of his like personal political beliefs, I 
putting those aside, I quite respected him as a boss. He was definitely like one of the better bosses I've ever had. And he and I sat down and I told him about, you know, I'm quitting because I've started this business and I'm really, I need to take the time to focus on it. And he was so supportive and he was just like, just listen and understand that so many people are going to tell you no, but it's the ones, the very few that say yes, that really matter. And it's just so true. And I always think back on that whenever I get really down about like, oh, like for example, my whole goal for 2020, this is back in 2019 when we were, um, you know, more optimistic and naive, I suppose. Um, But (laughs) my goal for 2020 was I wanted to land a large retailer. Like I just wanted that for my brand. Um, So I did a trade show and I did a lot of reach out. And I thought my goal was to get into like anthropology or urban outfitters. Um, But who I ended up getting into was Crate and Barrel. And at first, like, obviously, I was, like, so excited, regardless, because it's so cool. Um, but I thought, you know, my work wasn't done yet. I still wanted to, like, shoot for those, what I thought to be um, kind of like the retailers that would make more sense. But mm-hmm. now, looking at it, I'm, like, so glad they didn't, they didn't tell me no outright. But, like, I'm so glad that it didn't work out because Crate and Barrel is, like, doing great because people are still buying furniture because they're all home and they're realizing like oh i need all this stuff in my house whereas all these stores that normally sell clothing they're like tanking i'm like so grateful that for my first retailer even though it's kind of unconventional for like self-care skincare products um you know it's one that wants me to be in their store and wants me to have like a thriving relationship with them and wants to nurture it as opposed to like you know a clothing store that's just like freaking out right now and doesn't really have the time or the energy to like give to my small brand in terms of you know product launch so it's just something to think about you know um things just work out they might not seem like it but they just do it's always that aspect of Literally every single thing in this world happens for a reason, literally no matter what age, religion, spiritual journey, favorite color you have or are a part of, literally everything happens for a specific reason. And it's so hard to remember that on times that don't work out. And you're like, damn, I feel really freaking defeated. What is left? And then really you're able to sit back and really think like, Oh, I'm thriving. You see all those stores and <laughs> not thriving? I'm over here doing the Lord's deeds, thriving out here. Yeah, and it's really hard to kind of see it in the moment when you feel kind of dejected. Or, And that's not to say absolutely everything happens for a reason. Like, I don't think someone, you know, becoming homeless is, like, necessarily, you know, something happening for a reason there. But... Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, in terms of what you think might not be the best move for you ends up being the best move. So this is good. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And I guess you had said that um, you had transitioned from a full-time job into working uh, full-time um, with your brand and your company. Um, how was that transition? And for anyone maybe listening 
who's kind of debating doing something similar, what advice would you give them? So I, I mean, I kind of did like an in-between transition. I basically figured, okay, here's the amount that I need to have in my bank to sustain me for like, I don't know, four to six months. Um, and take that with a grain of salt. I mean, like I have a partner and he would never let me financially fail, even though he says like his money wouldn't go into my business, but you know, so, okay, given that cushion, how much money do I need? And I figured that out, quit my job. But before I quit my job, I got a, I secured myself a part-time, um, like after school babysitting job. I was like, I know that I'm not 100% ready to, be fully financially independent, you know, only, um, only using my company to support myself. That was really, really scary. Um, so I was like, okay, I just need a job that I just do for like two, three hours a day. And when I do it, I'm not like worried about whatever emails I'm getting for my job. I'm not worried about, you know, taking care of customers or I just want to go and just like, do the work and then go home and then continue to work on my business. And I decided that being, you know, like a part-time babysitter was the, honestly the most ideal job in that aspect. And living in Brooklyn, it's like honestly the best place to kind of charge the big bucks to watch some kids for a couple <laughs> hours. And, you know, it's fun. It's like you watch these kids, you make sure that they're safe and we go outside and we play. And then I come home and I go back to, working on my business. Um, so I did that up until I got a large enough order, um, which was from Causebox. That was kind of like my first really large push financially and in, like into my business. And once I got that order, I just like gave, you know, two months notice so they could find someone good. And, um, so yeah, I don't think there's any like concrete path to ever quitting your full-time job to um, work on your business full-time. I think everyone's journey to that point is different, but um, it's all about what works for you, you know? Definitely. And I think that's great that you were able to find something that worked for you on the side as well, also as extra support, because I think a lot of the time, um, we hear about success stories that just boom right away or they seem that they like boom right away. Yeah. Uh, but that's not always the case. I think no. the reality of things is there are millions of other 100%. stories that are successful in their self, but aren't as rapid or as I guess one in a million as we would say. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there are truly some like immediate success stories out there, but I'm always a little wary of the ones that I hear. And I think, I think more often than not, it's someone who has access to some type of like funding or capital that we're just not hearing about. So like the people who like truly like work on their business themselves, it's all their money, you know, it's bootstraps, so to speak. Success is not going to come overnight. It'd be so nice if it does, but it isn't. And I mean, it's not going to. And it's kind of nice that it doesn't, honestly. You just learn so much. Like I've been doing this for three years and I'm still learning new things I wish I had known a year ago, you know, but I'm learning them now and I'm implanting them now. And um, that's the kind of beauty of doing it all yourself. You just learn so much more than you ever thought you could. Do you think that if you could go back, 
um, per se, you know, time travel, if it's, you know, a thing, um, what would you tell yourself um, when you first started? Like what heart to heart sort of aspect would you give your younger self? Like in started in like adult life or started with business? Either one, both, whatever is more, you know. Well, so like, yeah. My number one piece of advice, oh, I guess before I said I didn't have any, this is my only piece of advice to anyone <laughs> that I ever meet who's like under the age of like 24 and is just starting out in their career. Do not feel guilty about taking vacation time. Like I used to feel so much worry about just asking for like three days off or a week off. That is your time. Take your time. Don't feel guilty about it. Don't do any work on your vacation time. If that's one thing that I could tell my younger self, because um, I was just so scared. And I think that the industry that I was in kind of fosters this fear of like, you are easily replaced. Um, and it's like, whatever, you know, like just take your vacation time. They can't fire you for taking vacation. And if they do, then you have like an amazing lawsuit on your hands. Um, so that's like, <laughs> advice to young career Val and then for advice for young new business owner Val um I would say everything that you think you need for your business you don't if that makes sense like I thought I thought I needed like at first I thought I needed product boxes so I spent a couple hundred dollars on that and then I realized I absolutely do not need product boxes and I was just like kind of dismayed with the lack of money that I had because I thought it meant that I was missing out on things I needed. And turns out, you know, I didn't really need that much. I just needed a good product and a good, you know, story, brand story, and a good vision. And then everything else you just build up from there. You're not going to start off day one where you will be in three years. Like my, I would say clay is like just unrecognizable from where it was three years ago and that's a very very good thing because that means you're growing you're learning and you're adapting you know I love your advice in general but also overall about the career advice Mm. you've given I think that's something with um this millennial culture that's come along being the the easily easily replaceable part specifically Mm -hmm. it's really messed up it is it is it really is and I think with like from my experiences, a lot of the time, I always found it funny that uh, I would always take vacation. I don't know why. Maybe it's just something with my family. We would always go on vacations together at least once mm-hmm. a year. That was something like my family made a point of. Yeah. Um, but every time I would say I was going somewhere, whether even it was just maybe on my own or with a group of people and I paid for it out of pocket, I would always get the comment from like, I guess, um, maybe it was the people I was around as well and the environments I was working in, but that I was so privileged for that. I was so rich, which I, of course, like, I do think it was like, it's definitely like a privilege to be able to travel and things and take your vacation time and be able to go somewhere. Um, but at the same time, it's, it was out of pocket for me sometimes. And I was just a student. It was just a matter of putting money on the side. Yeah, and a vacation can mean anything. It's just like if your job says, okay, you get two weeks off every year, take those two weeks. Even if you take those two weeks and you stay home or you like, you know, go to the next state over, like those are your weeks. I think that we 
often forget that like our time is our time. Um, and it's really something I keep trying to remind myself, even though any time that I'm spending on my business, it is time that I'm investing back into myself. But, mm-hmm. you know, what ultimately, unless you have a great, unless you work for a great company and you have like great support and great supervisors, they don't owe you anything. Like, you know, just take your time and enjoy it and then go back to work and then you'll be so much more refreshed and you're just like a better employee anyway. So. Exactly. And even as a student, like I'm not sure I'm in Canada, at least like most of the time as an employee, a student employee, you're not paid during your uh, vacation. Like it's, it's leave without pay, which is huh. totally fine. Yeah. But um, I think maybe being at a younger age is maybe like one of the only times in your life that you'll have the least responsibility that so is it's probably true. the best yeah. time, the best opportunity to be able to take your vacation, whether it be spending time with yourself, traveling, etc. Yeah. Yeah. As, one, as long as you are your only concern, yeah, you should definitely take that time. And then once, obviously, like partners and kids get involved in the mix, it becomes like a totally different thing. But I haven't gone on my fair share of many vacations besides like a few. Um, so I really miss those times now that we're all talking about it, guys. <laughs> I know. Like, not to not to be like, poor me, but um, my husband and I, we had to cancel our honeymoon, which... Oh, no. But speak of privilege problems, like, oh, I had to cancel my Italian honeymoon. But I was, like, super looking forward <laughs> yeah. to that. Obviously, it was going to be, like, of the course. longest trip I'd ever taken. I, like, <sighs> planned it out so beautifully. And now understandably so Europe is like we might close everything off to Americans I'm like yeah that makes sense because we're crazy infected over here just because like no one's shutting anything down really and I'm just like I don't know when will I ever be able to leave America ever again I have no idea it's kind of scary I really resonate with everything you just said (laughs) Italy is my worldly favorite place in the entire world. And I feel for you, girl. I really do. I am going to cry about it for no. you. Even though you probably cried about it, I'll cry about it for you again. I didn't and- cry about it, but I, I definitely <laughs> forgot to like take off all of my trip notifications. And I kept getting like, here's your stay for today. And I was like, oh, man. Like, I just I couldn't bring myself no. to go through the calendar and delete all of them. But <laughs> it's oh, okay. I'm so sorry. Fingers crossed Italy will be there in a couple months and I'll will legally be allowed to go. So I'll see you there. Really, yeah, I will. <laughs> As we start to gear towards um, wrapping up this episode, um, there are another there are like a few other questions that we like to ask our uh, guests. Mm-hmm. Um, this first one is probably our favorite. Um, just because it's a, we're able to shine the light on another small business or company, um, that you adore, um, while still talking about you and your success. So if you wanted to shout out any company that you are absolutely loving right now, now is the time to shout them out. Man, this was the one question that I was like, I need to prepare for this. I need to prepare for this because (laughs) whenever I'm on the spot, I forget names, I forget places, I forget everything. Um, You know, especially with the pandemic happening right now um, and the hit that is really taken on small businesses, um, it really has kind of shifted 
I mean, not that I'm honestly spending that much money right now to begin with, but any money Mm -hmm. that I do spend, I'm really trying to like focus it in on other small businesses. Um, I don't have many friends or like peers in the skincare world, interestingly enough, but I've made a couple of friends in the candle world, which have been very Mm -hmm. nice. Um, yeah, there's this one that is in my studio building called candle folk. Um, and it's run by this very sweet man and they make amazing scents. And, um, every single time I walk into the building, I smell it. And he's also someone who came from fashion and quit his full-time job and like just put everything into his candle business. And it really seems to be, um, taking off. And then the other one, is another person that I met, um, through the, um, through the trade show circuit. Um, and I always feel so bad because like her candles are literally in my apartment, but then when it comes time to like call out her brand, I like consistently forget. Oh, here it is. It's untamed. (laughs) But for whatever reason, it's like I I consistently forget the name of it. It makes me feel like such a bad person. I don't know why it is, maybe because I don't say it out loud enough, but her candle company is called Untamed Supply. Um, And she is, you know, running a really cool kind of earthy candle company. um, And her whole thing is donating 3% to the national parks, which is really cool. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've I've had the pleasure of meeting other small businesses. Um, I'm always looking to like meet more and kind of grow my circle, so to speak, because we all have so much to learn from each other. Agree. You know, small businesses are the only way that um, individuality will be unique um, in a way. And it's really important for me specifically to be able to buy from those small companies directly and help them in any way I possibly can. Yeah, like these are the companies that, you know, they're so open to any type of feedback. Um, You know, if you're like going to try to hold the gap accountable, it's like really hard. But if you want some like real change to happen, you know, you can talk to like a small business owner and they could be like oh my god I want the same thing how can we make this happen it's just like this sense of I feel like we all have this like sense of community and sense of like wanting to make everything better um maybe it's because we're creators I don't know no 100% and I think it's about really like having that transparency and accountability um also because I think of that lack of a supply chain or a large supply chain in that sense you're able as you were saying to reach someone more directly. Yeah. I mean, it chances are if you like message a small business on Instagram, like the person who's in charge of doing everything for that small business is the person who's messaging you back, you know? Exactly. And I think our last question that we'd like to ask our guests is what do you want our listeners to take away from this episode? Um, I guess what, I would hope someone would take away is that, um, you know, you are capable of doing so much more than you think you are capable of doing. I mean, if you had told me three years ago that I would be working full time for myself, um, 
and doing everything that I'm doing now with clay, I, I honestly, I wouldn't have believed you. And maybe that's because I needed to like build up my self-esteem or prove myself to myself. I don't know. Um, but my big thing is if you want to start a business, just start it. You know, you don't need to quit your job. You don't need thousands or tens of thousand dollars in capital. You just need a product that you believe in, a vision that not only resonates with you, um, but resonates with other people and just get, get everything out there, you know, get an Instagram, set up a website and just start and see where it takes you. And it could take you nowhere. Or it could take you somewhere that you never thought you'd ever be, but at least you tried, you know? I think that's a really important message. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for reaching out and having me chat with you. I think this is probably one of the longest conversations I've had in the past couple of months. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Especially working alone and only seeing my husband every day. It's like, (laughs) not much talking going on. I totally get it. And thank you for taking the time to come on our podcast. Uh, Would you want to maybe shout out your socials so that people can find you and your company? Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, So my Instagram is clay, that's K-L-E-I, beauty. And the website is the same, claybeauty.com. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been honestly a lot of fun. Um, And I did not mind hearing my voice the entire time at all. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for... Um, being comfortable um, coming on, it really does mean a lot. And I hope it does reach somebody, any of our listeners who decide to click on this episode. Yes, I hope so too. And if anyone ever needs like any advice or words of encouragement, send me a DM on Instagram. I love, love, love replying to like emails and DMs. It's my greatest pleasure. So 